This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. For all the Victorians listening, they'll know that they're heading to the ballot box on Saturday. Premier Daniel Andrews is going for a third term in government. And while the polls suggest he's on track to stay in power, that state's endless lockdowns in 2020 and 2021 meant the gloss has well and truly come off. So in this week's Squish Shortcut, we take a look at the post-COVID vibe in Victoria, why Daniel Andrews has earned the name Teflon Dan, and how the Vic election 2022 might play out. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, we don't always tackle state elections here at The Squiz, and that's because not all of our listeners, obviously, are in Victoria. But it seemed like we should take a look at the Victorian election this time around, and that's because Daniel Andrews is really a household name now. Mm. He's already Australia's longest-serving Premier. He's up to his fourth Prime Minister, to put that into perspective, (laughs) and he's going for a record-equaling third term in his state. I think it's fair to say because of COVID, most Australians, as I said, even if you're not from Melbourne, know who Daniel Andrews is. COVID really raised the profile of a lot of the state premiers and the mm. chief ministers uh, with their daily case number press conferences. <laughs> and Andrews was particularly prominent because, of course, Victoria had the worst COVID experience of any state. Uh, so Daniel, Dan, with his North Face jacket, became pretty much a daily fixture over a couple of years. It's so weird how a lot of this stuff seems like a distant memory, but it was just last year Mm. when Melbourne was still in lockdown. Um, Remind us about Victoria's COVID experience compared to every other state. Yeah, like you say, it is a bit easy to forget. Uh, At the beginning of this, we were sort of all in this together uh, when the pandemic was declared in March 2020. Uh, But as more and more Australian citizens made their way home, uh, many back into Sydney, into Melbourne, uh, the case numbers started to climb and smaller states closed their borders to Victoria and New South Wales. Yeah, over the course of the pandemic, Victoria and New South Wales had pretty different approaches to rising case numbers. Dan Andrews was set on COVID zero or an elimination strategy. And then New South Wales Premier at the time, Gladys Berejiklian, didn't go as hard on the lockdowns and her approach was, we need to learn to live with COVID. Oh, it's all flooding back. (laughs) The nervous tick is returning. Uh, Yeah, but those two state leaders didn't see eye to eye uh, and plenty of critiques and commentary on how they both handled COVID uh, were very prominent. But we're obviously focusing on Victoria here because it's in the context of an election. And last year, Victoria was getting all sorts of international publicity for being the world's most locked down city, passing Buenos Aires. Yeah, I think it was 267 days in total. I reckon most of us have forgotten all the different waves and variants, but There was one in Melbourne that really stood out. There was a big state inquiry into it. That was the second wave back in June 2020. Melbourne went into a 111-day lockdown after a pretty big bungle in hotel quarantine. Yeah, and remember all those returning travellers to Australia had to spend a couple of weeks in hotel quarantine. But in Melbourne, they used private security guards and an inquiry found that they had pretty lax cleaning and PPE standards, so that personal protection equipment uh, and 
COVID leaked out of a couple of big hotels and accounted for more than 20,000 cases of COVID-19 in Victoria and more than 800 deaths. We won't keep recapping this over and over again. We will move on to Daniel Andrews, but it is important in the context of this election. That outbreak claimed the scalp of then-Victorian Health Minister Jenny Mykonos after Andrews said he held her responsible. And that gets us to the number of the election context. Uh, you'd think that hotel quarantine stuff up of that scale and winning the title of the most lockdown city would be front and centre of this state election campaign. But it's not really. And a lot of that is down to the man that they call Teflon Dan. Teflon Dan. There's been no shortage of controversies under his leadership. We'll take a bit of a look at that in a sec. But the overarching narrative is that not much seems to stick. Yeah, and look, Victorians' relationship with the pandemic is really quite complicated. On the one hand, businesses, especially in Melbourne CBD, have been devastated by the lockdowns and the ongoing slowdown in city trade. Uh, But then more broadly, many Victorians might have hated the lockdown, uh, but many also backed what Andrew's reasoning was for them. Yeah, we would never seek to try and put a general theme over Mm. how people feel. Everyone felt very differently about them and people listening will have their own reaction to this. I read a quote from a former Labor state official, Cos Samaras, who said Andrews became like the footy coach. Mm. Victorians could simultaneously feel angry at him when things went wrong, but they'll stick with him and defend him. Claire, I think it's time we had a look at the man himself. Let's now take a deeper dive into Daniel Andrews. As we said at the top, Claire, COVID's the reason Dan Andrews became a national household name. But the whole Teflon Dan thing is deeper than his handling of the pandemic. Yeah, there's quite a bit behind it. Uh, So over the course of his premiership, so since 2014, his government's been caught up in four investigations by the anti-corruption watchdog. Uh, The latest was just a few weeks ago. The Herald Sun revealed that the state's anti-corruption commission, known as IBAC, uh, was investigating a $1.2 million government grant given to a union on the eve of the 2018 election. And Andrews wouldn't say if he or his staff had been interviewed by IBAC. That inquiry is still ongoing. However, we do know a lot more about another major investigation by the watchdog and the Victorian ombudsman. That was tabled in the Victorian Parliament back in July and that uncovered some pretty serious stuff. Uh, The quotes in the report were egregious and extensive misconduct by Victorian Labor MPs. We're talking about rampant nepotism, widespread misuse of public money and a culture of branch stacking dating back decades. Yeah, it's quite a list. And Claire, to put this in context, Andrews has been Premier for nearly eight years, as we have said a number of times. He's been Labor leader, though, for 12 years. So all of this happened under his watch. How's he responded? Andrews said that he took full responsibility for the conduct detailed in that report. He called the behaviour disgraceful. He said that he would accept all 21 recommendations, uh, including the establishment of a parliamentary integrity commissioner. The interesting thing about this report was that the IBAC said Labor had learnt little from issues identified as long ago as 2014 when it was caught out and had to repay public money for employing its election campaign workers on the public purse. That's a big no-no. That's right. And it's known as the red shirt scandal. Uh, Political parties have had to fund their own election campaigns. And in this case, some MPs were actually employing these workers in their offices. 
red shirts. We've heard a lot about that across the news in the mm. last little while. The big question is how Dan Andrews has been able to survive all of this. In a lot of cases, just one of those claims might have done in another political leader. And it's a really great point to make. Yeah. Uh, and it's one that consumes the talk back airwaves in Victoria. The first thing Andrews points out is that he's never really had any adverse findings against him personally by IBAC Uh, and the other point well made uh, by the Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie is when you do this sort of stuff, she didn't say sort of stuff, she said a swear word, when you do this sort of stuff it makes the rest of us look really bad. So what you're saying there is it's kind of the lowest common denominator argument that people think all politicians are dodgy (laughs) and they kind of factor it into their thinking. (laughs) Exactly, which is a really great way to approach an election campaign. And, of course, the Victorian Electoral Commissioner has asked IBAC to pick up on an investigation into the opposition leader, Matthew Guy's former chief of staff. Uh, that's over a possible breach of the donation laws. So in the minds of voters, it could all be cancelled out, even though there's obviously big differences in the scale of the issues. Yeah, we're getting into the nub of what the election's been fought over now. Matthew Guy, for his part, was furious at the Victorian Electoral Commission for doing that, for conducting that investigation, so much so that he accused them of interfering mm. in the election. And Liberal Party lawyers have sent a cease and desist notice to the VEC on the matter. On the election, with that comes a campaign. Ahead of voting on Saturday, let's get across each of the leaders' campaigns now. Former Prime Minister John Howard once called Victoria the Massachusetts of Australia, referring to its centre-left leanings. It's always a pretty tough ask for the Liberals in any state campaign in Victoria. Yeah, and for the last 40 years, Labor's been very dominant in Victoria. It's won eight of the past 11 elections. Jeff Kennett's back-to-back terms as the Liberal Premier were a bit of an anomaly that was in the 90s. The last time Dan Andrews faced the voters was in 2018. It was called a Dan Slide. He improved on his 2014 majority to win 55 seats out of 88. So the coalition, you could say, got thumped. They were reduced to 27 seats. That's the starting point for this election. And in the aftermath of that result, the Liberals dumped their leader, Matthew Guy. They replaced him with Michael O'Brien. And then just last year, O'Brien was dumped and he was criticised by his colleagues for not being able to land a blow on Daniel Andrews. Matthew Guy was brought back from the wilderness. So they went Matthew Guy, Michael O'Brien. Matthew Guy's back. Is everyone following us? (laughs) You're with us? It's not over till it's over in politics, I guess, Claire. And even then, it's not even over. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So in this 2022 contest, it's a head-to-head repeat of that 2018 election. And the conventional wisdom is that with such a large parliamentary majority, Andrews and Labor will be back for a third term. The Hill is really big for the Liberals to climb to win. Uh, In early November, we had all the major polls lining up to give Labor a very substantial lead. Neither camp thinks the polls are really telling us everything about voter intentions, though. And you know me, Claire. I'm super, (laughs) super sceptical of polls. I've heard you say that a couple of times. And look, (laughs) you're not the only one. Labor's own strategists think that some of the polls at 60-40 are quite a way off. Uh, They think that the shine has really come off 
the Dan brand Mm -hmm. uh, and they also think that he will lose some skin in this election. Uh, The only thing that will actually get them over the line is that there's really no love for the other bloke in Matthew Guy. So I guess that's personality, but there's also policies when it comes to an election campaign and what will cut through. Some on the Liberal side of politics reckon the electorate is largely switched off except for a couple on each side. Yeah, and what they say is they reckon the focus groups are quoting Labor's commitment to bring back state ownership of energy assets and the Liberals' offer of a $2 a day public transport fares are probably looking pretty good. Do you have weeks and weeks of campaigning and promises and it all comes down to $2 all day public transport fares, is that right? It's a tough business politics. (laughs) That's your shortcut to the Victorian election. Of course, we'll bring you all the results in your Monday morning Squeeze Today podcast. Happy voting for all of those in Victoria. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. Got a song for you today, Claire. Remember back in 2020, Dan Andrews was telling everyone that to get on the beers they needed to get vaccinated? Well, my recommendation this week is that wildly successful mix of that quote. (laughs) Enjoy that. I remember that song. It got stuck in my head. I couldn't get rid of it for weeks. I know, sorry. Now you're bringing it back. (laughs) Maybe I need to go back into counselling. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, I've got a link to a feature piece on the election by the ABC's Ben Knight. It's well worth a read. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. You will not be hearing Claire on Squeeze Shortcuts next week. She's taking a well-earned break. <laughs> but you will get Siobhan Moore and McFarlane and myself. We haven't landed on a topic yet. We will keep you posted. Have a great weekend and we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.